For Tuesday, October 6th, 2020, this is Did You Wash Your Hands? We're a podcast from WABE answering the questions everyone's asking during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm health reporter Sam Whitehead. Today, the coronavirus pandemic has put more stress on already struggling rural Georgia hospitals, two of which plan to close their doors this month. This is kind of um, a very critical moment for these communities. This is a life or death situation for many of them. Yamil Berard, investigative reporter with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, joins me to discuss her recent series on how rural hospitals have been rocked by COVID-19. That's next. You love free, and at Ameris Bank, so do we. That's why we're proud to offer worry-free, hassle-free Ameris Bank free checking. Manage your money your way with convenient access to digital, mobile, and telephone banking, all with no monthly service fee or minimum balance requirements. At Ameris Bank, we're with you. For more information or to open an account, visit our local bankers in person or online at amerisbank.com slash free checking. Other fees such as overdraft fees may apply. Ameris Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Support for WABE's local coverage on maternal health and mortality comes from Georgia Health Initiative, whose mission is to inspire and promote collective action that advances health equity for all Georgians. Learn more at georgiahealthinitiative.org. Two rural hospitals in Georgia plan to close their doors this month. Southwest Georgia Regional Medical Center in Cuthbert and Northridge Medical Center in Commerce. COVID-19 has made it harder for these already struggling facilities to keep operating, says Yamil Barard, a reporter with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. She's recently done a deep dive on what the pandemic has meant for these facilities and is with me now to discuss what she found. Yamil, thanks for talking with me. Of course. So I want to start just kind of by laying out the landscape of what healthcare looks like in rural Georgia, because we have had a number of rural hospitals close in the last decade or so. So just to start, why don't you kind of set the scene for me? Well, rural hospital closures, we've been in a crisis mode for um, the last 10 to 15 years. 2019 uh, nationally was the single worst year of closures. We had 19 rural hospitals close across the country. Georgia is, you know, among the states with the largest number of rural hospitals that are at financial risk of closure. So we've had, you know, um, quite a few close in the last decade. This summer, we had two hospitals announce that they were going to be closing in October. And that kind of really prompted us to kind of go, wait a minute, what's going on here? There's a wave coming and what's that going to be all about? And I want to talk about some of the kind of challenges specifically that these hospitals are facing because they are numerous. I mean, it's, it's not just one issue that these hospitals are, are dealing with. So what are some of those main challenges? 
So um, many of these hospitals are in declining areas where the population is is declining. Folks are getting older. A lot of young people are seeking to move out of the area. They're going off to college, maybe in Atlanta, maybe in Athens, somewhere else, and um, they're not returning. So there's a lot of out-migration. There's also, with fewer people in the areas, there are, um, you know, fewer patients to bring revenue to these hospitals, which puts them at a huge disadvantage. You know, they can't pay their bills, you know, because of the financial strain. They have trouble, you know, accessing and finding, recruiting good physicians and nurses, um, having enough staff, uh, having enough money to purchase equipment. Medical equipment is very expensive. Also, they have problems with, you know, just they're in very old facilities that were built in the 50s and 60s. And, um, you know, so they have many, many, many challenges. Is it fair to think, too, that who these people are and maybe the kind of health care they have is another challenge here? I mean, my general sense is that, you know, you're more likely to find kind of chronic health conditions in parts of the state that are more rural. And then you are also more likely to find people who receive government health care, Medicare and Medicaid. Yeah, these areas have a lot of um, poor and elderly folks, you know, high populations of Medicaid and Medicare patients. They don't have the greatest transportation available to them. So, you know, they might put off um, a cut. And if they're a diabetic, that could be lethal. And if they don't have good transportation, you know, um, that's very dangerous for them. Talk with me a little bit about what the pandemic has meant for these hospitals. I mean, I can think of a few different ways they could be affected, right? They're maybe seeing more patients than they potentially have before. And then maybe even we saw hospitals around the state put off elective surgeries for a period of time. So talk to me about what the pandemic has meant for these facilities. Right. Well, just like the larger hospitals, these rural hospitals also had to halt elective surgeries. And some of those money-making surgeries that were their bread and butter, they were able to, um, you know, survive with those types of surgeries. And they had become very innovative and brought in physicians, you know, from Atlanta two or three days a week to to perform those surgeries. Cutting off that source of revenue, just like the larger hospitals, really affected them financially. As the pandemic grew in in Georgia and got a bigger hold on the uh, rural counties and the rural populations, they saw COVID patients, elderly patients like in Cuthbert and Southeast Georgia, which were national hotspots, and these hospitals could not provide the sorts of treatments that these patients needed, the acute critical care that they needed. They had um, shortages, dire shortages of PPE. They didn't have enough ventilators. They didn't have critical care nurses. They um, had all the problems of, you know, larger hospitals, but 10 times worse because of their you know, uh, shortages in in money, shortages in revenue. The dilemma and the issues, the financial burdens and the shortages were compounded because they were disadvantaged to begin with. We're talking about facilities that might see three or four patients a day all of a sudden potentially needing to handle a lot of people coming in very sick. 
Right. A lot of very sick people, um, people who needed, you know, acute care, they were really strapped and really struggling and, and really panicking. I heard from one CEO that two of his nurses walked off the job because they had been working day after day after day and they were exhausted and he couldn't find, uh, you know, enough nurses to come in and help patients. He had as many as 17 COVID patients at one point in his very small, um, you know, ICU and um, just couldn't provide the care that was necessary. We now, this month, are expecting two hospitals in two parts of the state, one up in northeast Georgia, one down in southwest Georgia, to close their doors in, in the next few weeks. Can we attribute those two closures directly to the pandemic? Uh, yes, that is what the hospital officials have told us, that the pandemic, um, despite the millions of dollars that they received from CARES, from the Coronavirus Relief Act, the federal act, that money was not able to compensate for the great needs that they had in caring for these patients. What efforts are there out there to try to keep these hospitals afloat? You mentioned the Federal CARES Act money there. Let's maybe think about money and and kind of injecting money into these systems. Is that a possible solution? I believe there is more money coming through federal relief funding to rural hospitals. I believe our legislature is probably going to be looking at that. I heard murmurings of maybe one lawmaker, um, you know, setting aside 15 million for these rural facilities. So there is some money coming to them. A lot of them, you know, have taken some of those uh, PPP loans and the uh, CARES Act was a lifeline for them. I'm told by uh, several of their advocacy groups that the relief money has helped the majority of them. It's just that with these two that are about to close, it just was not enough. Thinking about other sources of revenue, for a few years now, the state has set up a a tax credit program that essentially allows people to make donations to rural hospitals in exchange for a tax break. Is that a program that's proven effective? A state auditor's report has um, said that that program has not been 100% effective with these hospitals because, uh, for one thing, It's kind of a band-aid solution to helping hospitals that are, you know, financially struggling. You know, it can provide, you know, equipment one year, but what do you do the next year when you need additional equipment and the money isn't there? More concerns are that taxpayers in areas where uh, that are more poor, that are, you know, less um, affluent, can't provide the types of assistance that hospitals in more affluent, you know, less poverty-stricken areas can provide. So the program has sort of, you know, helped rural hospitals. I mean, uh, by all means, the rural CEOs that I've spoke to are immensely grateful for this program, but it's not the answer to solving all of the issues that they've been faced with. Talk to me about Medicaid expansion. Georgia is one of a handful of states that has not fully expanded Medicaid as was originally laid out under the Affordable Care Act. This is something that Democrats in the state have called for for years now. Is that something that could help here? 
that is something that we did not look at uh, because it, it's such a politically charged issue that we are saving it for a separate story. But, you know, there have been studies that have shown that that will help rural hospitals. For example, um, earlier this year, the Chartist Center for Rural Health looked at, you know, will the expansion help these hospitals? And yes, yes, it will. We have not looked at that carefully, but um, like I said, it's such a politically charged issue. I was a reporter in a state in Texas, and the conversation just couldn't get past, you know, the the political issues. What are some other ideas that people are kicking around here about how to give these rural hospitals a lifeline? Well, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services has been um, doing a bunch of innovative programs that have been kind of really working in places like Mississippi. And, you know, what they're trying to do is they're trying to increase the financial stability for rural providers through um, these new ways of reimbursing them to provide kind of like these upfront payments that So they're trying to remove some of these regulatory burdens and providing waivers, you know, like uh, currently if you take Medicare patients, you have to have X number of this and X number of that, and you have to follow this and you have to follow that. So CMS is looking at getting rid of all that and changing the reimbursement model to say, we're going to give you $200 million and take maybe 65,000 patients who are chronic diabetics and, um, you know, provide care for them and do a lot of preventative medicine with them. And let's see how many you can prevent those folks from, you know, having an acute condition and seeking emergency medical help that will be far more expensive. So they're doing these types of programs, which um, I'm told are really popular in Europe. They're doing that uh, in the next couple of years. Are there conversations being had at the state level, at the federal level, about whether these communities actually need hospitals? That's a great question. You know, I think it's such a political hot potato that people really don't want to classify these hospitals as this one's more important than that one. It's just a conversation a lot of local elected officials don't want to have. But I think those conversations are coming. There was a report by Guidehouse where they did look at the essentiality of these hospitals. So uh, not only did they look at the financial risk of closure, but they looked at like the service to vulnerable populations, you know, how many Medicaid and charity care charges as a percent of overall facility charges are, um, you know, done at this facility? Is this facility geographically isolated? You know, is there another larger, bigger, badder hospital 15 miles away? Or is it the only hospital, you know, within 30 miles? What is the economic impact on the community? Um, does this hospital employ the majority of people in this town? And, and what will happen to the economic viability of this town if this hospital closes? So um, I think those conversations are, are kind of coming up now, but they're just not always easy to have. You mentioned something there, which I think people might not always think about, which is hospitals in these communities are frequently one of the larger employers. There's so much tied in to having a healthcare facility like this for a small town. 
Correct. Yes, very much. And um, they've been there. These hospitals have been there for decades and are the center of these towns in many cases. And if you close this hospital, the town will disappear very, very slowly, but very assuredly. And that's what many people in Cuthbert are concerned about with the closure of Southeast Georgia Regional, um, that that town you know, is at risk of of just falling off the map. Are the stakes that high? A a community loses its hospital and then, like you say, it falls off the map. Right. Particularly those that are geographically isolated, you know, like that Cuthbert Hospital. That hospital was ranked in this Guidehouse study as extremely essential to the community. So, um, you know, hopefully there will be some mitigating strategy out there in Cuthbert for folks who need health care, you know, who might die otherwise. And this is something that the people who do this research expect there are potentially more hospitals in in the state that could close. Yeah. Um, You know, I I spoke to um, some advocacy groups, I think about a month ago, and they were saying that they were predicting uh, quite a few more to close And that is really um, alarming to us as journalists who serve the public to let everyone know, hey, you know, this is a public health care crisis. You think things are bad in the cities um, with poor folks and not having access to health care? You know, these are our most vulnerable of the vulnerable, you know, folks that don't have transportation. And many of these people suffer you know, from chronic illnesses and, you know, have no way to where they need to go. And to have these clothes in a, in a pandemic, no less. Right. This is kind of um, a very critical moment for these communities. Um, this is a life or death situation for many of them. Yamil Berard is a reporter with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Did You Wash Your Hands is a production of 90.1 WABE Atlanta, where ATL meets NPR. Special thanks to Stephen Key. WABE's managing editor is Alex Helmick. Scott Wolfel is chief content officer. You can reach us at washyourhands at wabe.org. You can find all our episodes in your favorite podcast app, where you can also leave us a rating and a review. And you can find more stories on the coronavirus pandemic at wabe.org slash coronavirus. If you haven't recently, now might be a good time to go wash your hands. I'm Sam Whitehead. Thanks for listening. The world is full of mysteries. Are ghosts real? Is that yogurt expired? Hey, the unknown can be scary. But when you donate to WABE, you know where your money is going. Your gift supports the journalism that keeps you informed and the programs that pull back the curtain on complicated stories. Help us make the world less mysterious. Become a member now. Go online to wabe.org donate. And thanks.